0: Welcome back to the Consequences Podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy.
1: I'm a fraud,
2: and all the talking in the world won't change that. Not gonna change the world as a writer. Cause I like the sound of my own voice and I get to feel like somebody for a while. Obviously, it's been a long time since I actually made any music other mm. than, than the, the work I did with Graham for the GGO6 project, which yeah. was great fun. Yeah, But I, you know, for a long time, other stuff took over, visual stuff took oh. over. Um, been relatively busy doing that, but there was a point that I mentioned earlier were a couple of people who I didn't know sent me two pieces of instrumental music asking if I'd be interested in turning them into songs, mm. recording them and performing them.
0: Yeah.
2: And I thought, well, oh, that sounds interesting. So I, I, I did that and it turned out really, really well, both of them. Mm. So it sort of sparked my interest in, in doing music and I've never, ever really considered doing anything as a solo project before, Mm. for obvious reasons, being a drummer, and being drums not the ideal instrument to write (laughs) songs with. Um, But I suddenly had a, a desire to do it again. So using that premise, I launched a campaign on Pledge Music, asking people to send me pieces of instrumental music for me to turn into songs. The idea being that whoever Whichever songs I picked or whichever pieces I picked to work on, if they ended up being on the record, then I would share the publishing with that particular person. Sure. Um, but I, I got far more than I thought I ever would. I got like 286 pieces. Yeah. Wow. So I had to sort of wade through the stuff. And I, I it was an odd thing. It wasn't really a matter of choosing what I felt to be the best pieces of music it was more the pieces of music that I felt I could make function in a different way or work yeah. with yeah so that's kind of what I do it's taken a long time mm. to do because it's not something I could I could sort of put 15 months aside to do because I was working so it's it's a thing <laughs> I kept going
0: back to right um, but sounds fascinating you mentioned earlier that the some of it's quite dark is the any of yeah. yeah any of it akin to to stuff that we would we would know stuff from your back catalogue maybe
2: um, when i say dark it's it's dark lyrically i think but okay. that's that's because of the era we live in i think i'm just reflecting i've think i always kind of reflected mm. even though it's obscure sometimes i'm mm. buried but I, I i don't think i've lived through a darker er- era mm. there's so much going on that makes little sense to me and i that's what's kind of reflected. Okay, anything in particular? Anything in particular? Yeah. In terms of what's going uh, on in the but, world? Yeah, yeah. Well, things like, thing like the right versus the left, um, there doesn't seem to be uh, a black and white anymore. There seems to be a hundred shades of gray. Mm. Whereas uh, there's an argument for something and an equally uh, equally defensible position for something else. Yeah. it it's nothing seems to be cut and dried anymore mm. and there seems to be so many opposites and i find i find a lot of what's going on very confusing um and it's almost like everything is happening simultaneously there is more freedom on the one side and mm. then freedom is closing down on the other side mm. and I'm really getting a sense that as a species that, that we've kind of failed. Mm. Um, and if we do get, uh, if we're made extinct, then we probably deserve it. Mm. Um, it's, it's just a confusing time to be alive. I'm kind of glad that I'm not a young man anymore.
0: I couldn't agree more. It's,
2: it's just so so odd. Mm. So a lot of the, a lot of the, the lyrical content is, is is about that sense of confusion and the absurdities of living in the 21st century now here mm. with with people like Donald Trump and, and so on and so forth and the far right and yeah. things you can say and things you can't say. You know, some of the things that I've loved in my life would never get made today. Mm. You, there'd be no Mel Brooks films. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know... I, because we're not allowed to... Poke fun at those dark subjects—is that what you say?
2: Well, it, it would appear that we're not allowed to say certain things or do certain things. There is what I would call panic puri- pur- puritism—that <laughs> is, I mean, you know, there's a good heart behind it. Never offend people, never.
0: But. But it's restrictive and, and
1: it is, it's for censorship. It's creating, really, yeah. Because yeah, the dangerous know, t- thing is, you might be able to sense uh, somebody's external behavior but we're still reacting as humans in a visceral way in exactly the way we did so yeah. it hasn't actually gone away it's still it's like i find the whole thing about about
2: chastising someone for something they did 20 years ago uh, utterly preposterous mm. it was a different world 20 years ago yeah, so yeah. what's the fucking point fucking mm. and you know you kill people's careers like that it's, it's outrageous
0: and, we all make bloody mistakes, don't we?
2: Yeah, and you can't say certain words, whereas the language, this is mostly America, I think, but the language, which isn't their language, it's our language, you mm. need venting words in a language that serves a, a function. Yeah. If I'm stood with a guy who's breathing whiskey all over me that I detest, I cannot, in all conscience, turn to him and say, please go away. No. Or say, fuck off. Yeah. Which may or may not have an eff- have an effect, but but mm. the words that are used to vent are to a degree removed from what they actually mean. Now it's just a sound. It's just it's a ju- brick. It's just to chop, phonetics yeah. that sound like venting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a problem with that. Yeah. I have a problem. It's it's almost like neutering a language, which I find again ridiculous.
0: Everything's bland, isn't it? It's just going Everything's bland. Everything's
2: bland. Everything. Everything. Yes. It's it's you know you are a person of colour. If you applied that to any James Brown songs, it just wouldn't work.
0: He'd he'd laugh in your face, probably, wouldn't he? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. The word black is a strong word. Mm. And, you know... It carries young, a rich,
0: a rich cultural heritage with it, Yeah,
2: into. young gifted and a person of colour doesn't scan, does it?
0: Do <laughs> doesn't rhyme terribly well. Say like it that.
2: loud, I'm a person of colour and I'm a <laughs> you know, it's. I it's, get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> I really get it, really get it. And, and, and the impetus behind it is all, is all wonderful. It just, there are just points where it just, you're right, it neuters everything. It makes everything bland, whereas you want strength yeah. in language and vocabulary. I think. Exactly. There's always a place for it.
0: Yeah. so be- that's what the album's said about I can't wait to hear it sounds fascinating any idea when it might be no. crawling into our stores I would imagine next year early next year hopefully
2: great if they get if the label get their shit together which the interesting label called State 51 Conspiracy small label okay boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting so, <coughs> Do so,
0: they specialise in kind of out there music
2: well they've got quite quite a variety of different acts mm. but it's their approach seems to be unique uh, in depth. Yes. You should look them up. For instance, they, they have this wonderful kind of catalog that they send you mm. in print, which mm. is beautifully designed. And I'm, I'm a bit of a design nut. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it may just disappear or hopefully it won't. Hopefully, it'll make a few years prick up. Mm or a few pricks ears, or whatever comes first. I can
0: think of a few hundred people who might who might, uh, yeah. yeah, thousand, snap your hand <clears throat> off for it. Yeah.
1: Uh, Kevin, have you met any of those collaborators, or have any of the collaborators <coughs> met each other at all? No, no,
2: okay. I've had a couple of phone calls with them, with <clears throat> right. a couple of them, and I've done interviews with them, okay. which went up on the Pledge Music site before it, mm. unfortunately, went to the wall.
1: Right, right.
2: But so I've spoken to a few of them, but but we, I haven't actually met any of them. Right,
1: now. right. Very interesting. It would be wonderful to get all of all the collaborators together and and yourself. Well, they're all over the all place. all over the world. They're that all might over the f- world, yeah. So it's highly unlikely. Maybe in a virtual medium, perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did the idea for the for this remote collaboration come before or after your UDO idea?
2: After. I mean, I think I've been intrigued with collaboration. Uh, ever since I did that project called you know, One World, One Voice, many, many years ago. Oh, yeah? Ago, yeah.
0: I've that got was... that. That's, that's in, my, uh, in my vinyl collection. Oh, really? Did yeah. you
2: see the film?
1: Yeah, I saw the film. I never saw the film. Yeah, it was on half an hour special, maybe an hour special. Oh, really? It was. It was, it was there were was two. One was about the making of, and one was the music that we made. Right. And the making of. I'm afraid it upset me, because about the first thing you said on camera, Kevin, was I used to be a musician. <laughs> which I which, think at the time I was. But I, I, <laughs> I I had would, used to be a musician. Well, it, uh, that, that just it just stuck in my mind when I was watching it, and uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just uh, you uh, can't it, say that it, it kind of coloured the
2: entire program for me. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, that was a that was a fabulous project to be involved. Mm. With.
0: You put down the first bit of that, didn't you? And then that was, was it like, it was this chain, was it, that went?
2: Yeah, it was was based on, it was like a chain tape. The the idea was, uh, we began it in New York with myself and Sting. Mm. Uh, Sting put down a bass part, um, and then a load of local luminaries came in to work with it. We had Africa Bambaataa on it, Mm. and a number of other people. who added to it and then we had hmm. something yeah. and then we set off around the world from New York dropping if obviously ahead of time we had to find out who was in town and who may be interested but hmm. also technically speaking you know you couldn't email or we transfer any tracks to anybody right. so cassette was st- you know in the post and flying yeah. all the way around the hmm. s- around the world so in, in terms of strategy Mm. and actually producing the thing. It was one hell of a one hell of a piece of work. Awesome. Was, it was it one
1: piece of analogue tape? we are probably going to answer the same question. Was it one piece of tape or were, you, were there... No, it was digi- bits. They were recording on lots of... They recording on
2: 24-track, 16-track, 8-track, 4-track...
1: Right. 2-track, cassette, you name it. Yeah, but it was still analogue recording at that stage. Of course, there was yes, no yeah. such thing. Yeah. 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 Closest was dat m- probably. 1990, was it, around no, that time? No, it was... Jesus
2: oh yes may have been around that time late right. late late 80s okay, probably.
0: okay and was it was the was the piece mapped out beforehand or no. was it put together like Brasilia was kind of no. like?
2: no there was no whole piece hmm. it's not like there was a backing track that lasted for 40 minutes hmm. there was part one that lasted for three so whoever heard that had to come up with something that would fit to the end of that mm-hmm. and if they couldn't they'd do something anyway and we move it around to fit at mm. some point. Mm. I mean, Rupert Hine did a, an incredible job of understanding all the musical components mm. and making it work. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah.
0: I'm going to have to dig that out again. It's a long time since i listened to it actually, mm. to be to it's be I mean, honest. some of
2: it hasn't hasn't aged that well, mm. but in terms of a mission statement mm. and pulling musicians from all over the world together into a universal message. It, uh, and again, it was, it was an environmental message. Yeah, It was made to celebrate the end of two weeks of environmental concern broadcasting on BBC Two.
0: Yeah.
2: So there was
1: a point. Yes. Oh, okay. That's just made me think about that marvellous film you did. What was it called with Dawn French oh, yeah. as the Earth? Arc. 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 Yes. That was, that That's was a stunning, stunning piece of work. Special, yeah. Thank you.
2: That was um that was interesting. I mean Arc was a short-lived but quite effective um group of people in the, in that our mission if you like was not to say we shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be doing that. Mm. We were trying to offer alternatives mm. with probably the first biodegradable uh, eco-friendly washing powder, foods right. and so on and so forth. It yeah. was it was it was a fascinating project, but unfortunately, the team that created it couldn't couldn't make it work. We fell apart. There was mm. struggles within the within the board, which was a shame. But
1: who came up with the idea to personify the Earth as the narrator? Because that was the I think I did. Okay. Well, it's, it's well, a well, damn... I was asked
2: to make I was asked to make a short film because we sent packs out, which you know included a booklet and a short film on VHS, right? Which Told people what we were about. So I was, you know, because I was the only filmmaker
1: in the group. Right. Uh, I
2: came up with this idea of, of, of having the Earth talking to us. Yeah, and it's a damn, it's very... a
1: damn good idea because the, the empathy you empathise with yeah, that character. It's like a, yeah, so it's like it's like your old mom. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Being yeah, very yeah.
2: naughty and sort of
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she plays it to of doesn't she? Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, just mildly complaining yeah, that, yeah, yeah. about the in- imminent demise, rather than a sort of hysterical tone. It was. But how much how much
0: do we need that on YouTube right now? Yeah, you know, I, I, well, it's there. It's, it's, yeah. Know sure. what I mean? Is, it's it's like more of it. get it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's such a powerful way of getting that message across.
2: Well, it did its job for the time. Sure, it's. Um, it, I mean, it was fun to do. Dawn was a, a trooper, having to sit there rotating with this thing on her head, <laughs> yeah. prosthetics around her lips and eyes and everything.
1: Oh, she was actually rotating. She, I picture oh, the yeah. camera doing the rotating. No, I think,
2: you may be right, <laughs> actually. Okay. You okay. may be right. That would have been the sensible way of doing yeah, it. You know? <laughs> not necessarily the way you did That's it. That's not necessarily the case, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, either way, she had to be there with, the, uh, with this earth on her head and <laughs> all the special effects, which, looking back, aren't that special, but, but it put the message over well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it
2: did. For nothing, all for nothing. Really? It was shot at uh, Oxford Scientific Films. Okay. And everyone was very, very, very helpful in in making it happen.
0: Now stop changing the subject. Listen, I haven't got much time, and we have really got to talk. I mean, I am your mother after all. Hang on, hang on. I haven't even got my face on yet. Yeah, tell us about about Udo, Kevin, about how how yeah. it, it developed and and where it where it sits now.
2: Well, I'm not sure where it sits now because as I as I said, I, I've there was a point where I had created the idea, it was functional, but then I found myself in a position where I was almost, a, a tie was growing out of my chest and I was <laughs> wearing a suit, what, not literally, but I was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was thinking more like a businessman yeah. than, than I, I was happy with. Yeah. And there were lots and lots of interesting projects <coughs> piling up that I felt I should be doing as opposed to this. Yeah. So it was rolling along, so I I kind of walked away. Mm -hmm. Um, But the initial idea came from One World, One Voice, Mm -hmm. and what we couldn't do then. Mm -hmm. I remember distinctly we were filming in LA, and we were going from one major artist across uh, the beach to another major artist in another studio, and on the way there were some guys busking on the beach. So Mm -hmm. we kind of stopped and filmed and recorded them and added them into the mix, right. and, it, and it was that, it was the sense that shit, you know, maybe, maybe there's a way that ordinary people could join something mm. that's being recorded by, you know, well-known musicians, mm. so that felt important, Right. Mm. that's kind of where the idea came from, and the mm. fact that it was both sound and pictures yeah. was attractive, because yeah. it was the two areas that I was into. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Did you say before that that's, that inspired the way you, that you've recorded this album? No.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: so the you current see the, album. Yeah, the current album. Well,
2: I, in a way, I guess, but I think it's synchronicity in, in that the, the, the inspiration came from other people. Right. And maybe it just reminded me of that gene that had been missing for a while. So it just, it put me back into that headspace, yeah. if you like.
0: So where are, um, who are your next video gigs with, Kevin?
2: My next one, I've no idea because I haven't gotten yet.
0: Okay,
2: <laughs> I'm just am just editing um, an interesting singer songwriter Irish guy called Paul Horrigan, who who approached me to do a video. I wasn't aware of his work, but it's it's really lovely, and we did we shot it I think two weeks ago. Mm. So I'm editing it at home. I've, I've taught myself to actually edit now, which which is a new thing for me. I've always had a bit of a phobia against really yeah i I always felt more comfortable sitting back and 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 co creating with an editor who knows the system and can deliver
1: what I ask oh. but back to the leave it uh, <coughs> <lady of> leave <coughs> it see that and sure the reason early. i mentioned keep mentioning that is because I think it's the only extant piece of footage of you actually working right. in, in the studio there's a bit there where you were loll are a sitting and another guy is actually pressing the buttons, basically. Yeah. And you're controlling the process, saying you're late there, early there, can yeah. you try it again? But um, it's, it's a very rare chance to watch you working. Mm. Another one you may find interesting is a film,
2: Oh, this is when I was working on my own, I directed a film for Katie Mellower, mm. doing, uh, was it Five Million Bicycles? Yes, yeah,
1: the Mike
0: that
2: song, was it? I yes, think. that's right. Yeah. So there's some on-set footage.
1: Oh, okay, yes, we'll we'll have a look at that for sure. We're at Black Island Studios, where um, we're filming the video to the first single from the second album called Nine Million Bicycles. Kevin Godley, who's a director, he came up with this great concept of basically, I'm sort of sliding and slithering through different environments. I start off in a garden, and I go through various different sort of surreal backgrounds, and then I end up back in the garden. Um, it's probably one of the, the biggest productions we've done so far and it's really exciting. But it's not actually that strange because I'm just lying down on the ground and being pulled, so it's quite relaxing. Because I always love to see the working process, but <laughs> there's so little of it to watch. But,
2: <laughs> but the reason I, I, I always felt that, you know, if I'm doing it, the creative part of me would be <laughs> telling the technical part of me what to do, and when I'd done it, it wouldn't be happy with what I'd done, so okay. I'd be arguing myself all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but You're actually you...
0: diving in now, are you? Um, yeah, I'm
2: physically editing. Yeah. And what yeah. what
0: programme are you using? Uh,
2: Prim- Adobe Premiere Pro. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I, I love gone. editing, and I find it a very creative process, actually. Yeah. The, the the process doesn't interfere, I, I feel, doesn't no. interfere with my no, creative
2: juices. Yeah, me so. I may be... I'm at the early stages of it, so yeah. i maybe not, I, you know, I'm not going to say, well, can we try it out, we just, you know, just bleed everything out but red, mm. and let's do one-frame cuts for 20 minutes. I'm not sort of at that stage yet. Mm. Um, but I am finding it a therapeutic process, mm. not having to, to deal with somebody else always, and, and yeah. not having to assimilate somebody else's opinion,
0: right or wrong. Yeah, sure. Tell us about some of your, your, your recent music video projects.
2: Well, I did Keen recently, mm. uh, which the was, one with
0: those bungees. Yes, oh, I thought that was fantastic.
2: I think it's called the way I feel. The track it was great for great um I've worked with them before. I did a track with them a while ago. I forget the name unfortunately, mm. but I remember shortly. Where the idea was, um, it was like a roller coaster ride around the band. Mm. That was exciting. And I'd done something for Tom on his own. So I was kind of thrilled when they came back for their first release of the new album. Mm. And that was a great, it was a great shoot. They're, they're amazing because mm. they just, they wanted to do something, or they asked me to do something that was, that was quite dangerous and quite physical mm. and suggested some kind of threat. Mm. Um, and I had lots of discussion with Richard Hughes about ways to go and this is where we ended up and it was a great day shoot and it was fun to edit, there was lots of stuff. So that was great. Uh, Another one I've recently done was for a band called Waiting for Smith and their singer called Harry Lloyd, mm-hmm. who is John Lloyd's son, the BBC producer.
0: Oh, right, yes. yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, fantastic artist, great singer, great songs. Mm. Very simple. This song was uh, essentially piano and voice. So I did a very simple treatment for that.
0: Oh, I think I saw a photo. Did you put something on Instagram? Yes, yes, you yes I You had like did. a million cameras? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it was a very simple shoot, but I did it in an unusual way rather than filming a scene with one camera and moving the camera I used a lot of cameras okay. to capture one performance from a multi- multitude of angles yeah. which worked for me extremely well um, the last one I've almost completed was Paul Hurricane as I say and there's a few others on the horizon but, but I'm trying to move into a different direction my, my interests of although still attracted to music video, I, I'm, I'm moving into the world of games, of yeah. gaming, uh, VR, AR. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as you may or may not know, I've written a screenplay called The Gate, which is s- takes place on the last night of Orson Welles' life. Mm. Uh, basically centers on a period of time he spent in Ireland in 1931 when he was 16 years old. Mm. Mm and made his first professional appearance as an actor at the Gate Theatre in Dublin, and to, to a hugely positive reception.
0: Right.
2: And, uh, that's, that's been, like, writing a script has been an exciting process, so, I mean, the early stages of developing, developing that, trying to... So try it's not to,
0: with the studio, then? It's right? not
2: with the studio, yeah. it's probably going to be a small independent film, because that's, that's the best way to retain control. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be working into the script a little more, storyboarding it. It's something that I've wanted to do for, for a long time. So I'll that's, say. That's, that's very high on my agenda at the moment. Oh, That sounds a wonderful project.
1: Do you envisage uh, two lead actors? Will it sort of be a flashback or will it not be as conventional well, as that? Well, kind
2: of, because the story begins on the last night of his life where he appeared on the Merv Griffin show.
1: Mm. Oh, I think I've seen this footage, yeah, yes. Yeah, Right
2: with his unofficial biographer, uh, Barbara Leeming. Mm. And the two of them were on together, and they went down incredibly well on the show, and it reminded him of the reception that he had back in Ireland in 1931. So, wow. it's, it's kind of a sandwich, but it, in a sense it is a flashback, but in a very unusual way. Mm.
0: Mm. Wow. What about painful times? Enough of those to do.
1: I'm saving those from my book. Yeah. Were <laughs> they usually associated, though, with your work? The pain? All kinds of pain. All kinds of pain. A uh, uh, bad conscience pain, too, you know. That's the worst. Uh, the regrets, the things you think you didn't... The times you didn't behave as well as you ought to have. So. That's the real pain.
0: It strikes me that you've been writing film scripts throughout your career why why only now are you are you writing your well, first book well i feature don't script?
2: know i mean lol and i almost made a picture we almost made a picture uh, lol of... did director film didn't he sorry lol did director <coughs> film lol did director film I, n- I never saw it but it was it was i think it was shot in jamaica
1: yes okay. I can't what remember Lowell the name of called? it um the Lunatic. It point yes yes yeah? about a psychotic nymphomaniac um <laughs> tourist i'm i'm grabbing here but I, have you seen it Paul? Uh, i've seen bits of it uh i don't know whether that's because i didn't sit through the whole thing or whether <laughs> all of it isn't available so uh, okay but um it yeah um i can't remember too much about it to be honest um but yes he obviously did achieve that ambition that was in him yeah, to to the sure. film. but we
2: almost made a film called howling at the moon with film oh, dallas who made kiss of the spider woman oh yes but and that was a western about the last night in the life of john wesley hardin wow. a mm. famous lawyer gunfighter but that, yes and we had gary Busey cast as wesley hardin wow but probably six months before we were due to start principal photography came off his harley davidson and in he, hollywood he wasn't wearing a helmet so everything kind of turned to ship no, yeah 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 oh. so that never Good happened actor. Oh, great actor. Yeah. A very interesting guy, a bit of a wild man, but that's why he was perfect for the part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that never came together. So it just wasn't meant to be.
1: So there's a theme there, Kevin, about making people about the films about the last nights of, of somebody's life. Well, perhaps. only two. Well, only two. <laughs> Who don't I have any say. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, yeah. it's not a habit. So. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Has it always been a burning ambition to, to, to make a, a feature?
2: To a degree, but not, not because, wow, I want something up on the silver screen hmm. thing. It's, oh. it's more about the content. If, if, if there is a story that is intriguing, hmm. um, then I'd love to do it. But it, it's I'm not sizist when it comes to screen size. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I, and, and the, the industry is changing so radically. It doesn't matter whether it ends up on Amazon Prime, Netflix, on Apple, phone, or whatever. Yeah. It's just, you know... A lot of great work is being done for that medium now. Mm-hmm. Probably some of the best written stuff is, is in that world. So it's just the material. Um, I, and I really enjoyed the writing process. That was fascinating to do. I'm also developing other TV ideas. I'm working with my wife. Oh yeah. Uh, we're developing, developing a few series ideas together, which is fabulous, that's great. All right. We've never done that before. We've always kind of thrown ideas about, right. but, but to actually well, s- start to do it seriously. Mm. She's a mm. very, very smart and creative lady.
0: Any <laughs> any clues on? The... None whatsoever. I can't possibly. <laughs>
2: because <double laughs> she she understands what I do. Right, of course. Yeah. And she always has brought something to my particular party, be it mm-hmm. be it, you know, from from many years ago. Yeah. So it's 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 a very unusual, um, unexpected development, but it's but it's a very organic one. Mm. It's
0: nice, it's lovely, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. I've got a question got that uh, fascinates me. I'm thinking about Kevin Godley, the the songwriter, Kevin the, Godley, the creator, the ski instructor, the <laughs> ski ins- is, Yes, the uh, the window cleaner. Uh, no, the <laughs> the creator and songwriter.
2: Yeah.
0: How different is Kevin Godley now as a creator? to the man who was doing that in
2: 1969 not not well i know who i am now Mm. without and i i try not to know who i am too much about who i am if you know what i mean because it's something creative ignorance which again without wanting to harp on about awesome wells He didn't want to get too close to the medium and the rules and regulations of the re- medium, like, you know, this is the lens you use for that, yeah. and you can't use this one for that because it won't do that, and so on and so forth, because uh, you can get trapped by the process and what you're supposed to be doing. So it's, for me at least, that apparently from his perspective, it was always healthy and is always healthy to keep a distance from how things should be done. Mm. otherwise they never move mm. so I, I always approach everything from my perspective I don't go around listening to stuff before doing anything or watching stuff I just try and apply my own set of rules and regulations loose though they may be to mm. whatever the project is at the time mm. and if I'm right great and if people like it great if I'm, if I'm wrong then you know too bad, mm. I learned from that, but but it 's the only way to be, yeah because i don 't want to do stuff that sounds like anybody else or looks like anybody else mm. it's because they do it much better,
0: <laughs> you know? and you 're still the same instinctive creator that you always have been
2: even more so mm. I, I think because there are no encumbrances, there are no there are no filters. Mm. I mean apart you know, from
0: your your own filter.
2: Apart from my own filter, but, but working with four other people, three other people is that's three filters you have to go through. Mm. And at the time it was great because it, it the modifications that you make were for the benefit of what you were trying to achieve. But mm. I don't have that anymore, so I just I just trust my gut. Mm. And I, I, you know, I think it's working. I think yeah. it's working. And if I want to say something, I will say it the strongest possible way that I can, mm. without someone saying you can't use the lyric. I'm going to get down on all fours and shit in your handbag. <laughs> that would probably be the chorus.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> the fade out. Well it's, <laughs> well, it's a it's a hook of sorts. so yeah, um, people buy it. Um,
0: do you enjoy working... Are you saying that you you enjoy working on your own more than you did, or is it just different? <laughs>
2: it,
0: it, it is and it isn't. It's... It's, mm.
2: it's just freer, in, mm. in a way. The only restriction is that the piece of music that I'm working to uh, is already formed, at least in the context of this record. So. Mm. But that, in a way, is a great discipline. You can't, you know, you can't extend the middle eight by another 15 bars. I mean, you could if you really, really wanted to, but I don't yeah. want to. I want to try and, I want to try and uh, adhere to the the original form. Yeah. In in all the cases, and yeah. it's I've found a way to do it. You know, it's working yeah. without too much mental strain. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Sure. And you, how are you putting all this stuff together? Are you using like Pro Tools? Or...
2: No, I'm not. what I'm doing is um, the, initial, the initial writing process involves me pulling an MP3 into Garage okay, and then me singing over the top of the MP3. Hmm. And if I achieve what I hope to achieve with it and I decide that that's going to be one of the tracks on the record, I'll ask the guy who recorded it to send me the stems. And then I'll go in with a with a, a guy with a very good pair of ears in Ireland called Ivan Jackman, mm. and we start the mixing process. Right. I may change a couple of things vocally when we're in that mode, but n- not too much. Mostly mm. it's what I've recorded at home are the vocals that get used. Right. So it's it's relatively simple, and thank goodness for, for this technology, because it would have so been cheap, impossible. <laughs> well, mm. I mean, just, just the internet gave me the access to all this talent out there mm-hmm. and all this wonderful... ...stuff that I never knew about, and such a depth of... ...and such a variety of, of sounds and opportunities.
1: It's true, but if digital technology had been around in 1976 and 77... ...then we'd never have had consequences, because you'd never Well, you have would, had... but it would have taken four years. <laughs> it
2: would have taken longer. <laughs> because it would
1: have been... You, know, you could have done anything, you mean, so you well, would have never... Well, that's what
2: nev- i found, I mean, particularly... <coughs> ...particularly editing video... Right. The editing process used to take a day, right? Because the equipment you were using, you you, you the decision you made was the decision you stood by. Yeah. And mm. if you if you wanted to move that sequence to a minute later in the film, mm. you had to dump it down onto another piece of tape, mm. lose quality,
0: mm.
2: and then move it and then join the two ends back together. Because yes, it was all
0: linear, wasn't
2: it? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Linear editing meant exactly that. It was just like film editing. You just can't cut and paste. Yeah, but I mean, we did we did abuse it considerably on many occasions. Yes, but but we mostly had a day to edit. Now the average period of time to edit the music videos for me is about three days. Yeah, for that very reason that I can speed it up, slow it down, make it black and white, I can try it here, there, and everywhere. So, and one is lucky to be able to do that, but you do lose the decision making process yeah. a little bit
0: yeah so i know what you mean and the it's limitation a, bit, a bit like the, sorry it's a bit like the, the move from 4 track to 8 16 yeah. 24 isn't it it's almost like the four tracks are almost focusing hmm. your creative energy into yeah, a very you're finite to number make decisions of decisions early yeah.
1: on in the process yeah. um there's no undo button Mm. Yeah,
0: and, and nine times
2: out of ten, I've, I've noticed that the, the, the first thought you had is probably the best one. Right. Actually, <laughs> even though you can try yeah. a million versions of it, it's, it's most often the
0: best. Right. Sure. Well, Kevin, thanks so much right. for yeah. today. We've, we've had the, the, the most fantastic time. It's Good, been, I'm glad. I hope it was it's useful. Been, it's been so interesting, More than it's useful. been enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and uh, thanks so much for sharing for so long. It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you very much. It was fun.
1: We do for love the things 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 we
0: do. for love. You've been listening to the Consequences podcast produced by Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Thanks for listening.